You're listening to College Hockey Southwest Live. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for July 18th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, former Alaska Anchorage head coach and new Des Moines Buccaneers head coach, Matt Curley. Behind the Mask's College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, dine-in, take-out, or catering your next event. We're at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts, anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito. Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. This is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight as uh, once again we prepare for those monsoon storms to see if they uh, monsoon storms as they uh, head our way off of the, uh, the mountain range nearby. Um, my co-host is always Paul Hornstein on a beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you tonight? Uh, we're doing okay. It's a uh, bit of busy weekend, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> been kind of sticky and, and so forth and so on, but I'm okay with it because once again, January, et cetera, et cetera. It beats the alternative. <laughs> yeah. I Heck hear yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. tonight kicks off, uh, a, a stretch of podcasts. So we're going to do six podcasts in seven nights. Uh, uh, do I get a raise out of all of this? <laughs> yeah, you get a raise, all right. Uh, I got this stool for you. You can just stand on that. It'll raise you up, Sweet. I don't know, a couple of feet. <laughs> nice. Hey, I'll take anything I can get at this point. Yeah, <laughs> well, this you is uh, our this is our big week for the NHL expansion draft on Wednesday, and of course the NHL entry draft. So it kind of ties over all of our categories with the exception really of uh, ACH. I guess that's not too prevalent, but um, uh, you know, we're going to be talking know. about uh, and talking with some great guests that uh, are going to talk about the draft process, the guys that are going into the draft, the guys that uh, maybe have been drafted. We're going to talk some uh, college hockey players that are moving on players that have moved on. Uh, who knows? Maybe the uh, Seattle Kraken will pick up some former college players that are familiar with, to a lot of our listeners and ourselves. So we're looking forward to that. But, Paul, tonight, before we dig into that, we're going to dig into Des Moines, Iowa, and the Des Moines Buccaneers and their new head coach, who you and I had the pleasure of uh, having on the show, what, about two months ago, three months ago, something like that? Yeah, it was like about that. two or three months ago, yeah. Yeah, Matt Curley is going to join us in uh, about 15 minutes or so. Uh, it was almost a month ago, Paul, uh, June 16th when the announcement was made that Matt had accepted the position as head coach of the Des Moines Buccaneers. And uh, I, I was all over him right away, and he's probably ready just to punch me because – Well, <laughs> kept, that, listen, he's got a long line to wait behind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I kept after him, and he said, yeah, he said, as soon as things get settled down, I'll, I'll be happy to come on and talk. So tonight's here's the night. Pro- Matt here's Curley's going to join us. Here's the problem, and I'm, I'm sure Matt will, will, uh, will confirm this. Does the life of a hockey coach ever settle down? Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. Especially when you're moving your family from Anchorage, Alaska to Des Moines, Iowa, and you're driving them in a pandemic across the uh, whole country of Canada and back into the United States. Uh, I can't even imagine what that was like, but I'm sure we'll, we'll find out. Well, um, listen, if you're going to drive across Canada, this is the time of the year to do it. <laughs> yeah, and how. And how. Um, okay. So so we'll get into that. We'll get into his roster and, and, and what brought him uh, to Des Moines. It's a, it's a four-year deal, so uh, he's going to be around for a little while. And, of course, the guy that he um, 
replaced uh, Peter Menino, uh, moved right. on to Colorado College. So, right. so yeah, we got that. And, and in other news, as long as we're on those topics, the Fargo Force announced a couple of days ago that they're going to have a uh, coaching change. Actually, their head coach, uh, Pierre Paul Lamoureux. And, yeah, didn't he uh, retire? Uh, he kind of retired, but he's doing some different things in and out of hockey. So, well, he retired from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he'll he'll be uh, gone, and as well as his assistant Chad Demers. And I've known both Pierre Paul and Chad for uh, gosh, better part of twenty years uh, when they were uh, players in North Dakota. And um, uh, so Chad has moved on to Air Force. So there's another connection into the Air Force um, family for us. And, of course, uh, right now the hot topic is Colton St. Clair, perhaps a leading candidate to get that job in Fargo. And congratulations if Colton gets it because what a great guy. Colton and I have known each other for a while, too. And uh, he's, he's an a pretty young dude, boy. isn't he? Yeah, he is a young dude. And he's, uh, um, I think. He's not that year? far out of college. No, 2016, I don't know, something like that. Um, he won, uh, 15, 16, he won a national championship with North Dakota. And he's an Was Arizona boy ago? right here. I don't even know if it was that long ago, Paul. I'm just kind of spitballing here because I know I had him on the on um, not the podcast, but I did a feature with him prior to the podcast. And I think my first year of this company. So uh, I'll have to go back and dig on it. But anyway, if Colton should get that job, he's a great guy, great candidate. He's got his feet wet. I know he was at one time really excited and hoping that he was going to get a chance to coach right here at ASU. But um, ASU just doesn't have any openings. Obviously, their staff is fixed and, and not unless, you, not unless you're a goalie coach. Yeah, he's not a goalie. No. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and so, it's not. I don't even. I mean, this. I, I mean, uh, you know, Eddie Lack's got a lot of things to do. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Do many teams have a full-time goalie coach at the college level? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. But of course, that's what Peter Menino is going to do. Um, well, yeah, be an but, assistant coach. So, yeah, yeah. It, it'll it'll be interesting. But one of the things that that I'm looking forward to talking to Matt about is just the the history at Des Moines. Um, 1980 was when they were founded. They've won four Clark Cup championships uh, over that time frame. He's the 17th head coach. Uh, Des Moines has been known for years to be a real hockey factory, which is why it's so surprising, Paul, that Iowa State or 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 Iowa doesn't ever jump into the the NCAA fray when there's so many top quality players in that state, when you talk, you know, Des Moines and you talk about Dubuque and, um, you know, Sioux city, uh, all these Iowa places that just produce great top caliber talent. And, uh, you would think there'd be NCAA, but you know, we know Augustana is not far away in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they're coming on board in a couple of years. Uh, Okay. I know they say it. Do you want, do you want to talk about? Well, let's Lindenwood? put it this way. Do you want to talk about this way again? Let's let's put it this way. At least Augustana has been honest about it. Yeah, right up front, right away. Um, but I, I believe they're gonna they're gonna follow through. I really do. I think that they're um, they realize the talent that's there. They realize the growth of hockey. Um, they realize that they can be a player, and I think they have the facilities and. We'll see who they get for a coach and go from there. But that's what's on the docket for tonight. Then, of course, uh, tomorrow night, Jeff Almer, the new head coach, uh, assistant coach, I'm sorry, at uh, Abbotsford, the uh, AHL affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks, relocated, got themselves a new coaching staff, and Jeff Almer is on there. And, of course, Jeff and I are good friends from our days back in North Dakota, Minnesota. So uh, hopefully having Jeff on, he said, I want to come on. I've got a whole bunch of meetings. Um, it's a draft week. <laughs> and and he goes, what what time excuses, are you coming excuses. on? So I, I tell him, he goes, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. So I think we'll get Jeff on tomorrow, which would really be fantastic uh, to talk oh, with yeah. him about that. Tuesday night, you and I are working on a special guest for that. We haven't got it confirmed yet, but I have somebody in mind. So Tuesday night should be a, uh, a really good show as well. Then Wednesday night, we're talking. Josh uh, Stone again. Uh, what's that? Josh, Josh again. Again. <laughs> well, I don't know. I Can mean, we keep bringing you, him on? <laughs> you, you said it was you said it was a secret the last time, and you announced it two days ahead of time. So yeah, I, just no, we were I couldn't wait. That. I couldn't okay. wait. Number ninety-one. I mean, why not? Right? Why not? <laughs> um, and then, of course, Wednesday night, uh, back to club hockey. I'm working on hopefully getting somebody from 
University of Oklahoma, who announced their schedule a couple of weeks ago. And it's our, uh, our thing on club hockey is we like to bring on the coaches that have just announced their, their schedule and let them tout their program a little bit. So Yeah, that was another good spot with the Missouri State guy last year. Yeah, night. he was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Funny story on that before we go any farther on that, but he, uh, he sent Terry a video on uh, during the show that a bird flew into his house and was circling around his house while he was trying to do the podcast. Nice. And his kids were kind of screaming in the background and he wanted to explain what it was. So he sent her the yeah. video of the bird flying around. So that was kind of uh behind Listen, the scenes. It's classic, better than people but... flipping him the bird. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. And Jeremy law is a great guy and, and we thank him for coming on. And then of course we'll take uh, Thursday night off and kind of digest what happens Wednesday night with the, uh, what are you Seattle talking about Thursday night off? I, you just said I'm we sorry. were going to do no. a show on Thursday. Sorry. We will do a show on Thursday. We'll take Friday night off between the expansion and the uh, amateur draft. So Thursday night, you, Rob, and I, along with our special guest, Tom Callahan, will uh, break down what happened uh, in the picks on Wednesday night for um, the Seattle Kraken. Some interesting right. names left out there. A lot like it was um, when Vegas had their expansion draft, Paul. They're interesting names, and, and you don't know what the whole thing is. I mean, I, I saw a list that I sent it to you. Um, then I saw another list of the projected lineup, and then there was a group of players that they said, yeah, we're going to select them, but they're going to trade them or release them. And, uh, you know, it's all salary cap and mixing and matching. Well, that's just uh, it. It's going to be interesting. Well, that's just it. I mean, um, you're sitting there, and, 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 and I've seen all kinds of, Stuff in the last few hours uh, with the protected lists and the not protected lists, and um, uh, there's, you know, from a from my there's I, I can't imagine that the Kraken are going to take bad contracts. But, but they leave that to the Arizona Coyotes. Well. <laughs> you gotta have draft picks, right? Okay. Well, because I'm sitting here and 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 you read stuff and you're like, why would they take this guy or why would they take that guy? He's making eight million dollars a year and he's got six years left on his deal and and this guy's got five years left and he's making this and uh, yeah, Ron Francis has said they'll spend to the cap, but you're not going to leave yourself hamstrung before you even play a game. No, I think there's a lot of things in the work, Paul, about works, Paul, about the uh, moving players. Um, they're they looking clearly, for assets and think they can move them for something else. And and they clearly uh, have something worked out with the Canadians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd surely think so. And and the goaltenders that they're picking. I mean, everybody talked about uh, you know one of the Arizona goaltenders going for sure. Well. Uh, the Coyotes fixed that situation. They traded Adrian a Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill, yeah, uh, yeah, onto uh, San Jose. Got a right. goalie back, and then they um, they protected Darcy Kemper, who who said right out front he's not signing a long term contract here, um, and left Auntie Ranta exposed. So that's an interesting scenario. I don't know how yeah. that's all going to play out. Well, we'll find out. A right? lot of people don't think that Ranta is going to be selected. They, uh, they, they well, figured... I don't think he will either, to be honest with you. I mean, if you see the reports. Yeah, the projection uh, right now is for the Arizona pick to be Tyler Pitlick. Well, because uh, the, the, the apparently the Kraken have signed Chris Dreger out of Florida. He'll be their pick from the Panthers. And they're supposedly going to sign him to a deal as a – okay. Um, which makes perfect sense, a, a, a good move for the Kraken. Uh, they have a guy that at least has uh, been NHL proven is at no worse than a solid NHL backup. But where is he going to play? I mean, he wasn't going to play in Florida. Right. He wasn't going to play ahead of Sergei Bobrovsky. And Spencer Knight is one of the best young goalies in the world. And a likely, he might he's not going to start the 22 Olympic team, but he might be one of the backup goalies on that team and probably be the guy by 2026. So where was Dreger going to play? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It so, makes all the sense in the world. So so that kind of takes the Coyotes goaltender out of the, out right. of the picture. Right. So and Tyler Pitlick is a uh, a strong player. I mean, I don't think the Coyotes want to lose him, and they're kind of hoping that that doesn't happen. But if uh, if they do lose him, they will not lose a goaltender, obviously, because each team can right. only lose one player. Correct. Okay. So that's our that's our talk as we get towards uh, Thursday and Saturday. So if you want all your hockey talk, this is the place to be. Seven thirty p.m. Mountain Time Sunday through Saturday with Friday night off. Uh, this week alone, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you and I and Rob and, and Tom Callahan will break it down. Tom, of course, the uh, former voice of the Predators. And You're going to make me talk to Rob again? <laughs> yeah, Rob. <laughs> I tried to give Rob the time already talked to him off. three or four times a week. I, I don't. I we're going to talk to him, him on podcasts for? I, I tried to give him the night off, and he said, hey, I never need a night off. So, okay, gamer, come on. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's take a quick break and let's uh, let's see if we can hook up with uh, Matt Curley, the head coach at uh, Des Moines, Iowa, with the Buccaneers in about four minutes. Really, Jr., you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. You're listening to College Hockey Southwest Live. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. This is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends over at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. And it's our pleasure tonight, Paul, to introduce the uh, new head coach at the uh, Des Moines Buccaneers, Matt Curley. Matt, Scott, and Paul with you. Thanks for joining us tonight on a Sunday night. Guys, thanks a lot. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Good to be here. Welcome back, Coach. Uh, so, so Matt, I'm, I'm looking at the press release here, and it's been uh, just over a month since they uh, named you the new head coach with the uh, the Buccaneers. And as I told Paul and our audience uh, before you came on, you probably just want to slap me because I immediately congratulated you and said, hey, I want you to come on the show and talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I know you had some moving to do and some driving to do, so – before we get into all that, tell us how this all came about, and then tell us about that trip from uh, Alaska to Des Moines. Yeah, yeah, no, it um, uh, a fortuitous bounce, I guess I had. You know, it was on a couple, uh, well, months ago now, weeks um, with you guys and, and talking about our plight up here in Anchorage and our hockey program. And, you know, as the, the days and weeks tipped 
uh, by after we had spoken, um, it was still a lot of questions in the air, uh, both from an administrative point of view, fundraising point of view. And I know our group was working extremely hard, but, uh, you know, this is my livelihood. So when this came about, the, the job uh, in Des Moines um, popped up and I, I had a, a few connections with the program and obviously the league and you know what? I decided it was a good fit for myself to continue to stay in this business at a an elite level, and uh, it was one that I felt was in the best interest of myself uh, and my family, quite frankly. And um, so I'm excited about the opportunity. I, I am leaving Anchorage, I, I guess, uh, bittersweetly. Uh, I, I love it up here. I'm, I'm going to miss it tremendously, but I'm also excited about the opportunity to get back on the ice this year to do what I love doing. So really, uh, really happy about that. Wait, you got you haven't left yet? Oh, well, yeah. Well, so twofold. One, yes, I have. Uh, I've gotten down there. I, I drove down back in late June for our open camp, and uh, in the process, I came back up to Anchorage, and then you know, currently packing up the house because I leave this Sunday for good uh, to start our main camp, which will bleed into uh, my opportunity to coach the U.S. Uh, select team uh, in the Five Nations tournament in August. Prior to rejoining the Bucks in late August and starting our season. So I got a busy couple of weeks ahead of me. Yeah, there's uh, people say this is the off season. That is 1000% not true for a hockey coach, is it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it it uh and for hockey players it seems, you know, we're almost hypocritical to tell guys to take time off and to train, yet uh we have them on the ice and at various times and events. But uh, no, it's, you know, last summer was, it was a slow one, uh, obviously the, around the world with all the uncertainty with what was going on. And then that bled into our plate up here with our program. So to be busy this summer, albeit uh, every day is uh, a new challenge of, of uh, jumping a new hurdle, but I would take that any day of the week over what I've had the past 18 months. So I'm very grateful for that. And uh, once we get over the hump here, these next six to eight weeks, so. Uh, It'll be business as usual back in Des Moines. Matt, you know, I know uh, I'm speaking for Paul when I say this too, but we certainly understand your situation. I know your heart was in Alaska, probably still is in Alaska, but, you know, uh, there's so much uncertainty, especially in the NCAA ranks. And when you look at um, the USHL and, and Des Moines in particular, been around since 1980, connected with the uh, USA hockey program and, of course, the NHL and a very stable um situation and i know you got if correct me if i'm wrong but like a four-year deal so that had to be a, a big part of uh, finding stability in hockey and doing the things that you love right no absolutely scott you know it, it, it's you know in my years in doing this I, I know a lot of pro guys used to try to come back to the college game given the this uh you know the safety so to speak the job security and what i found is 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 working the college game and is anything but you know it's a it's a high level in terms of the pressure to win at major programs. And then for us smaller ones, we face another dilemma, which is, you know, sometimes the financial uncertainty of, of programs. Us, Alabama Huntsville, what happened to Robert Morris. These aren't uh, one-offs that have just happened in, in a vacuum. This seems to be, I don't want to say a trend, but, you know, it's something that's it's a little scary to look at, both for on the coaching side and then obviously for the kids coming up through and my heart goes out to them. But, you know, having the stability here in Des Moines, a program that's been there for 40 years, one of the staple uh, franchises and the best league, best junior development league, in, in my opinion, in the world, uh, there's a lot of credibility around that. And, and to have the opportunity to take over and be at the helm of that program, uh, working with such young, good talent, and, you know, hopefully being able to do right by it, you know, who knows what the next, you know, what this road may take me down, whether it's back to the college game or perhaps uh, doing a little something like John Cooper has been doing the last few years. Who knows? <laughs> Let's not talk about that, please. <laughs> uh, especially. You got an Islander fan on there. I don't know. And Paul, I, I will say this for whatever this is worth, for whatever this is worth, I went into the playoffs talking to my, you know, buddies, colleagues about it. And I, I, uh, to a man, I said there would be one team that would be able to stop that machine. That is Tampa Bay. And it was the New York Islanders. And, um, it was a hell of a series and I was rooting for them. It was great to see them back in the, uh, the mix again, pushing for championships and, and, uh, they got a bright future. 
Seven games. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, it was it was a one shot game. It's fr as frustrating as it is. There's there's not a lot uh, you can do about it. You just sit there and watch it, and it only takes one bounce. And um, there was a one miscommunication on the ice mm -hmm. on a power play, and that was it. And that was it. Yep. Was so it. if there's any team that took him to the brink, it was it was that Islanders club. So uh, I know there's no moral victories, but um, certainly something to hang the hat on as as a Islander fan. I would hope. Well, you get it, listen. Uh, it, we're not the the team is not that far removed from being in the top five of the draft. So, um, you know, like I said, when it, when you when you get frustrated, you can just uh, go back to that and remember and and and, and enjoy it while it lasts. Because in the salary cap, it doesn't last forever. Yeah, exactly. Amen to that. Amen to that. And we'll be curious to see with uh, that Lightning squad what happens to them here. Uh, as uh, the draft approaches. So here's one of the questions for you, coach. Um, and it, it's an evaluation question. Uh, when you're evaluating players for a college team, you're, you're looking at kids that are maybe 16, 17, if you're lucky. Now you're going to be doing that for a junior team. When do you start looking at kids for that? Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and and really, it's a real curveball for myself and and uh, getting back into the junior mix because our program, quite honestly, we we were looking at kids uh, unless they're in our backyard. We were only talking to nineteen twenty year olds, just given our where we were in the the pecking order of the world. So to talk to sixteen seventeen year olds um, was I don't want to say a waste of our time, but we we knew where we stood with that. So. It's a bit of an adjustment, I, I guess, in terms of um, just in talking to kids. You know, I, I've spent the past three years recruiting and, and working primarily, with, as I said, 19, 20, turning 21-year-olds, so really young men. And there's a huge difference between a 20-year-old and a 16-year-old, you know, mentally, physically, socially, all of those things. So, you know, it'd be fun to go back to working with some of those younger guys again, maybe uh, get to know mom and dad a little bit better and ensure that they're in good hands, uh, that their boys, uh, you know, in a good spot with us in Des Moines should should that come to be. So a little bit of an adjustment, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, hockey's hockey. And, uh, you know, we just want to find the same type of players that want to compete, want to get better, and that are committed to, to doing those things. So, um, age is but a number, I guess. So, um, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be fun to be able to work with those bright eyed kids again, and maybe not get the hairy eyeball so much from some of the older guys who get tired of hearing, <laughs> listening to me. Right. So that will be nice. Oh, like, well, Hey coach, uh, listen, um, as somebody who deals with, uh, 14 to 19 plus year olds all the time, it doesn't matter. They still look at you with the crazy eyeballs anyway. So <laughs> no, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we all look at Paul. No getting away that. from well, that. Well, that's right? true, too. Yeah, no, there's no getting away. Oh. Okay, so so let me tell you this, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you joined us on uh, – we're going to have six podcasts in seven nights because it's our NHL expansion draft and, of course, the amateur draft on Friday and Saturday. So um, when I asked you to come on tonight, I really wanted to dig in a little bit to what it's like to prepare kids – to possibly be drafted this Friday and Saturday into the NHL. And uh, I know that's a big role, probably more at your new coaching job than your previous one, but you've also done a lot of work with uh, USA Hockey and still doing that. So um, you know, what's it like to prepare a young man? We had uh, Josh Doan on the show on Tuesday night, and he's expected to be drafted, I think, somewhere in the 70s or 80s, somewhere in that uh, caliber. But what's that like? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to see it firsthand uh, during my time at the the U.S. National Development Program where those kids weren't just, you know, maybe a late flyer in the sixth, seventh round. These were perennial first round draft picks and um, where it, it, uh, an immense amount of, I don't want to say pressure, but, um, you know, possibility was, you know, shouldered and put on their plate. You know, a lot of times for a lot of kids, I think the message is the same. And it's to let them know that just because you're picked up by a team, 
doesn't mean you're playing for that team. That That is the first step in a very, very long winding road to being a part of that organization. There's only so many kids that are the special ones, you know, the Connor McDavid's, the Austin Matthews of the world where they can step right in and, and perform at that level. So it's really preparing them for the, the, with the mindset and the challenge of it's going to be a process. And the, 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 uh, I heard it put one time and I, and I love this, that, you know, your, your next day after the draft is when your work really begins and getting drafted and, and getting your name called on that stage is a tremendous honor and one that uh, should be celebrated. But that next day, you're right back to square one and you're fighting for roster spots, you know, maybe in a couple of years down the road, um, a little closer to where you got to take someone's job. You're taking someone's livelihood. And I can assure you the guys that currently have those spots aren't willing to give it up to some 18 year old kid. So it's a, uh, it's a real challenge of the, the mental aspect of it and really just preparing them for the road ahead. Because uh, what I've found is, is more often than not, it, it's longer than a lot of them would like to think it is. And, and uh, the ones that are st- able to stay mentally uh, strong and tough through those times are the ones that eventually make it. Well, that's because, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong too, but it's the first time in maybe their lives they're actually have to fight for a spot. Yeah, I think that's extremely fair to say, right? You know, for slugs like me who had to, uh, you know, scrap and claw and fight every inch I could get to to be able to, you know, play college hockey and a little bit of pro, that is a much different animal than these kids that are that are having their names called Friday and Saturday. And that's not to take anything away from them in terms of them having to fight for spots or, or putting that time and work in. But it's certainly to your point, it's a different animal in the sense that, you know, they've always been typically speaking the best players on their teams, clubs, organizations, regions, uh, you know, state, country, wherever it may be. Now all of a sudden you're put into a pool where you're just another guy. You're not the guy, you're just a guy. And, and that's a, for some kids, I think a really tough hurdle. And I think it goes back to the mental toughness of being able to weather that, that understanding that you may be just a guy today, but tomorrow your goal is, is to maybe be the guy and, and having that mindset and work ethic to prepare yourself to do just that. So Matt, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but uh, the USHL might be the best place to uh, build that toughness, both mental and physical, because the battles that you guys have every single game, every single practice are incredible. And and when you look at the rosters um, at any USL, USHL roster, and it's filled with guys that are not only draft picks, but uh, headed to college, headed to NCAA programs. So uh, is it fair to say USHL is the best place to be? For my money, and this isn't uh, biased speaking, just because I'm now part of that league and ha- uh, you know have some stake in there. I-, I believe the USHL is hands down the best developmental league, junior league in the world, and I take that over the Ontario Hockey League, Western Hockey League, uh, you know, team or. Uh, uh, junior programs over in Europe, which I've seen and been a part of. And that's not taking anything away from those other teams and programs around the world. But the USHL offers something unique that I think that others can't. Uh, you know, you just don't have a line of a, a bunch of 16-year-olds running around. I mean, those are coveted spots by those young players. You have a mix of nice older players that offer that balance of, of that seasoned veteran uh, take on what it means to play at that level. And then all those kids, uh, or at least 95, 99% of them, are going to go on to play collegiate hockey, and not just collegiate hockey, but at some of the better programs in the country. So these kids, day in and day out, are playing against the best of the best within their respective birth years uh, in their age brackets in the junior hockey uh uh, scheme. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the preparation for them to continue as hockey players, to continue to build uh, character as young men, there's no better place to do it to prepare them for, you know, not only the, the next step in the college level, but certainly beyond that into the pro game if they're uh, given that opportunity. Okay. So now 
like a college program, junior teams have a lot of turnover. How much of your roster or what was last year's roster is coming back for this year's team? That's a great question. I'm still working through that myself, actually. Okay, well, listen, uh, I don't I, – I, I, I'm not sure how – I mean, yeah. these things are fluid. I get that because kids could decide – well, I guess it's a little too late to decide to go uh, play for whatever college you've committed to or has a space for you at this point. But um, between that and now you're on the other end of guys having to wait an extra year, Yep. how fluid is this roster? Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's the caveat, right, is that extra year that, you know, the whole, uh, you know, that whole group of kids have to kind of deal with, whether it's the colleges that they're committed to and or the junior programs that they're still with and finding the path for them and what that means for next year. Um, So I I think we're in a good spot. We have a nice group of, of core guys returning that I got a chance to meet and see down in uh, Des Moines back in late June. Uh, we have our main camp coming up here with uh, some guys that were missing that were at uh, the 17 national festival, a few of hopefully our Canadian guys, import guys coming in. And then of course uh, some up and coming kids to uh, vie for spot with our returner. So I think our core group is, is a, uh, a fairly sizable one in, in terms of junior hockey, because the turnover tends to be high. Um, but with that being said, um, there's still some good spots available and, and for guys to jockey for positioning, which is what you want for me, at least going into a new spot where I'm still just getting to know guys and, and just really looking for guys that are willing to compete and, uh, look for their spots and earn the opportunity. Where is that to wear that Jersey? Yeah, I totally understand that when you're, uh, when you're looking at your camps, um, you know, I'm looking on it on your website right now. You had the open camp the end of June, as you mentioned. You have the futures camp, and then you have the main camp. Maybe for those that aren't familiar with uh, a futures camp, what kind of players are, are in that group? Yeah, so the futures camp really consists of kids that are coming up through that that next up, so to speak. So a lot of 06s, uh, some 05s from which was this phase one or the, the first year of the futures draft, uh, the 2005 birth year, and then maybe a couple of 04s that are, are late bloomers. And really it's, it's for that next wave of kids that are coming up through that are, uh, I guess, bursting onto the scene for the first time to let their names be known as they head into this upcoming season, which will be their first year of eligibility to be drafted in, in what's called the futures draft. So it's typically a younger camp. Uh, certainly no expectations for kids coming there to, to, to be a part of that franchise this upcoming year. But what I always say to kids and families is if you go in with the mindset of, hey, it's a chance to get some great experience, exposure, uh, get, a, get some ice time, get to check out the city, the rink, the organization, and to start to introduce yourself, putting a name with a, with a face and, and maybe, you know, see if it's the right fit or something you want to look to pursue down the road. Um, so I always like to think of it as a first date to kind of check and check things out for, for both sides. So it's usually a lot of fun and I'm hoping to have some good kids there and, and to uh, showcase what they have so we can follow them this upcoming season. I also want to ask you this, Matt, uh, when, when you're and I talked to a lot of AHL coaches and and I go over things with them about, um, you know, you're trying to develop players to make it to the NHL. And they'll all say that they're most proud of sending guys to the next level in the NHL. But there's also pressure within those organizations to win because your fan base doesn't want to support losers. They want to support winners. And I know that's a thing in, in the USHL as well. So how, how tight of a line is that to produce players but also produce wins? You know, I think it's one of the the great balances in our sport is being able to do that, right? Is is, Is to find that balance of you know, wanting to put a quality product on the ice for the the fans and the folks that support you that are, you know, paying hard earned money to to come and watch your kids play while still keeping in mind and being cognizant of the fact that these are young players, that they're gonna make mistakes, that 
uh, losing is a part of development and, and your responsibility to those kids to ensure that you're maximizing their, their talents and, and to prepare them for that next level. So it certainly is a fine line. The USHL obviously is in, in the, uh, the light that it's, it's come to be uh, shown in and with its talent and the, 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 the fans, it's uh, no exception to that. And, and I think there is, there is a balance there. I got to work with a gentleman named Pierre Paget over at Red Bull for a couple of years, and Pierre was a big believer in that. Uh, in, in allowing kids the, to, to play and to develop and to work out the kinks while in the process being able to win. And, and his reasoning, and I believe this to be true, is that work, uh, the commitment to your craft, uh, winning will be a byproduct of that. It may not result in championships every year, but I do believe by and large, if you find kids and you as a coach and your staff is willing to put in the work to help those kids get better, then by default, uh, you're going to get better as a team and you'll be able to mix in a few wins. So uh, it's not easy by any stretch, um, but I'm hoping uh, we're able to find that balance this year. Okay, so now you have to kind of introduce yourself to a whole new team. You're packing up some moving vans and you have to get ready for Switzerland in the U17 Five Nations Cup. Um, Do you have enough hands? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, my wife's been helping me a lot. So, you know, you're only as good as the, the folks behind you. So, you know, she's helping with the moving side. So that's in, in good hands. Uh, the, you know, down in Des Moines, they have a wonderful staff, starting with Scotty Owens and getting to, you know, follow his lead as their general manager and, and allowing him and myself to kind of learn under him as we get going here. Uh, and then, of course, the Five Nations. It's such an honor. I, I am so privileged and blessed to be a, a part of another USA hockey uh, national team and a tremendous staff group of players to be able to go over and contend for uh, uh, a spot on the podium. It's um, it, it is a lot, but um, you know, like anything, you, you, you find ways to make it work. And certainly with all three of those things, it's uh, very capable and, and excited to have uh, the chance to do all three. Okay, Ben, I wanted to touch on that too. And uh, just a couple of quick stories here that might relate to what I'm going to ask you. So we had David Hoff on, the head coach of the SLED team. Um, I don't know if you know David or not, but um, anyway, we had him on a couple of Wednesdays ago. And then we had Josh Doan on, who, of course, Shane Doan, his, his father and, and really a, a key cog in the Canadian wheel. And both of them came out and said, it's such a privilege, such an honor. Actually, Josh told us that he goes, hey, I was born in the U.S. I only know the U.S. I love the red, white, and blue. I love wearing that jersey. You said the same thing here. What happens uh, when you go to a USA hockey camp at any level that just kind of sucks you in, for lack of a better term, to uh, to make you just want to bleed red, white, and blue? You know, it's just something um, I think is innate to all of us. You know, I I had the chance uh, at the 16th festival last um, week to to watch in and out of our games the the final of the Euro Cup with England and and Italy. And, you know, the dramatics and the scenes and the shots of people in in the crowd and, uh, you know, through live streams throughout the world and, and what that game meant to the Italians and, and to the English uh, football fans. And I think there's something innate about your national team where it doesn't matter where, what part of the country you're from, what your current club is, uh, you know, uh, what your background is. It's something we can all rally behind and be a part of and root for. I, I always say, you know, my favorite team, you know, in the NHL now is the team that has the most Americans or kids that I ever had the chance to work with. And, <laughs> I love it. you know, w- watching the World Cup, you know, or, or any national team stuff, that's really the one time I get excited to watch us compete as, as a country. You know, and of course, the Olympics coming up and, you know, uh, this winter in Beijing. And, and so I, I, all those things, you know, it is such a blessing and honor. I never got to wear the jersey myself. So just to be a part of it in any way, shape or form, it is such an honor. I grew up about an hour and a half north of Lake Placid, New York. 
and uh, worked there for a bit. So it has always been in my blood, that Olympic spirit and, and national flavor. So to be a part of that is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, goes without saying, I guess it's hard to put into words what a, what a special privilege it is. And I'm, I'm hopefully able to continue that in some capacity and have some more cracks at it, uh, as my career continues. Okay. Uh, here's back to the, to the move for a minute, because, uh, when I was younger, uh, we moved about a hundred times. Uh, I don't know how old your kids are, but how did they take it when you said, uh, we're leaving the only place you probably know? Yeah. Uh, they took it. Okay. Actually, it was a kind of a, I say a funny story, but, um, the, the day we kind of sat them down and, and let them know that this was going to be a, be a thing. And, we live in a great neighborhood and mm-hmm. wonderful neighbors, neighbors and everything else. Well, earlier that day, they got charged by a moose. And so up here, <laughs> it is, uh, that's a thing. Like, so they were, I guess, in a, in a word kind of glad at the time because they were all bent <laughs> out of shape as Mama Moose gave them a run for it with their friends. Uh, so they were actually uh, pretty happy about it. But no, it, it's it's, um, it's okay. You know, they're nine and seven, you know, I, my wife and I have said, I think we got one more move, uh, with them the next two to three years, if necessary before, uh, then we'll have to really lay our roots down and, and I'll be able to take off if, if needed. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they've moved around a lot. My daughter, who's only nine, this is her fourth move, I think fifth move. And I'll be at, not memories of those first ones. It's she's used to seeing the boxes come out and it's just the nature of our business. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think they're excited about it. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, just another new adventure. We, we had our European adventure. We had our Alaskan adventure. <laughs> now it's on to the Des Moines, Iowa adventure. And, and that's the way we, we phrase it. And like anything, uh, like your teen kids follow your lead. And if you're excited about it and you put on a good face in front about it, they'll follow right in suit. So, uh, I think it'll be a good, uh, next, uh, next chapter for them. Did they ask you if there were any moose in Des Moines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were asking me about the moose. I said, no, I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> just boring white tailed deer. And they were, uh, at first happy about that. But then I think they were a little bummed not to see any more moose or bear and stuff like that. But, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, bear too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of that on Long Island. <laughs> Matt, if you if you get really bored for the moose, though, I grew up in northern Minnesota, and uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I was driving from uh, Thief River Falls, Minnesota, to Grand Forks, which is about fifty miles, um, and driving through a marsh area, and a moose came out of nowhere and right in front of my car, and uh, we hit it. My wife and I hit it dead square, and um, I think we broke a leg on it or something. But it was uh, glass everywhere, and as I kind of jolted myself and thankfully neither one of us were seriously hurt, but um, I kind of jolted myself. I could feel some hot air on my cheek and the moose's nose was through my driver's side window oh my up against my cheek. And then he took off and the hobbled into the, uh, the marsh and, and the game warden at the time came and, and game and uh, refuge people and, and found it and then were able to put it down. But uh, it, those are freaky, but that, that was just probably, I don't know, seven hours north or eight hours north of you. <laughs> yeah, point. sure. So they sure. still there. usually lose those. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they don't. Well, I'm glad you're okay. I know, uh, you know, it's a major uh, uh, road hazard up here, right? They're so yeah, big. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, to your point. Total about a Buick Regal. <laughs> yeah, you just take out their legs and their, their bodies end up going through that windshield. So I'm glad you're okay, but... It, um, it, uh, it is interesting. They're beautiful animals, but, um, they can cause some damage, no doubt. (laughs) Okay. Final one for me. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your Des Moines Buccaneers and the schedule coming up. And for those that that may be down here that they're getting more and more familiar with the USHL and Paul and I keep preaching it every week, twice a week. Um, but Tell people down here what to expect uh, from players that come out of the USHL. And we've got a bunch of them here at Arizona State and Denver and Colorado College and Air Force. But what kind of player and what do they do to prepare themselves for NCAA hockey? 
I think what you're going to get, uh, those kids that come out of this league are going to be, uh, you know, college ready players. And I, I think that's the most simplest, easiest way I can put it in, in terms of they've, they've faced the, the best there is out there in their age group in junior hockey. They play a rigorous, rigorous schedule, uh, you know, 56 game regular season. They are, a keen to travel and, and the bus and the road trips balancing. A lot of them are taking classes online, uh, community service events, which they're very active in across any organization. So I think what those kids are, excuse me, those programs are getting and what you'll see with kids coming out of this league are kids that are prepared to not only step in and play college hockey, but I believe to step in and, and perform at, in, uh, at the college level. Uh, because they've they've had an opportunity to cut their teeth as 18, 19 year olds, 17 year olds, and then when they step in as freshmen, they're they're ready to go. And and I think whether it's Arizona State, Denver, CC, Air Force, UNO, you know, you name it, uh, you're going to have kids that are are ready to go based on the the schedule and the rigors that they faced prior to coming into school. Very well put. I, I know Paul's, he hasn't said it yet, but I know he's wondering, is there any chance your house is going to be a rental up there so we can maybe vacation in, in Alaska some point? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we thought about that. My wife and I, we, we talked about, you know, what to do with our home. And uh, uh, as you guys well, uh, are well aware, I'm sure the, the housing market's a little wonky right now. And uh, yep. it, no different up here in Anchorage, Alaska. So we did very well, made out really nicely in terms of, know getting it off and and out of off our plate so to speak and um you know so unfortunately our it's our home is now will just be another house but uh you know i'm, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to do it and and that we were able to uh get out, get out from under it so to speak and without uh uh you know without being scathed so to speak and and to be able to uh lean on a on a clean bill of health as we head to <laughs> iowa well, that's good because I wasn't. Uh, it, it, it wasn't going to work between uh, October and 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 April anyway because I don't want to be in the cold on Long Island. And I know uh, y- your buddy Matt Navala has broken my chops a bunch of times uh, on Twitter about the weather being better in Alaska than it was on Long Island. For a few yeah, months, but um, yeah, no, I- I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Okay, Matt. Final thing is, uh, give us a shout out to uh, to those folks up in Alaska because I know they all loved you up there, and uh, I'm sure they're very, very happy that you uh, have a new successful uh, location to call home. But uh, a little shout out for uh, for Alaska. Yeah. No. It's anyone. If any any Alaskans are listening, it uh, it was truly a, a a lifetime dream to be able to work up here to to be a Division One coach to to represent that program, uh, to wear those colors, uh, to live in this state, to be a part of this community. It was something that I will never ever forget, and it will be something I will always have a soft spot for. So, if any Alaska kids listening, I'll be looking for you, and I can't wait to see what you guys can do. <laughs> Um, but no, it, it was great. And I can't ask for a better experience and people that we've met along the way. And, and I'm hoping that this won't be the last time I'm up here. I plan on making several trips in the coming years to come back, uh, to a place that, uh, you know, for me will, will always be a home. So, um, thank you to everyone that's out there. It's been a, it's been a wonderful experience. Matt, best of luck uh, in uh, yeah. Des Moines. Uh, I hope that I get through there. I kind of hoped that maybe things would work out where I could go see the summer showcase and then maybe swing by and see your main camp. But uh, that's still in the works. Not sure if that'll happen or not. But um, some point, I'm going to get up there and see you and meet you in person. Well, that'd be great. I'll be around, um, hopefully for a good while here, and <laughs> and uh, yeah. get some wins under our belts and and uh, you know show that what we can do down there. So. Uh, Anytime, guys. I really appreciate you having me on and, and uh, Scott reaching out to, to allow me to speak and uh, really appreciate it. Well, well we I'm appreciate gonna... you have you on, Coach, and and who knows, one of these days when uh, they don't make me work anymore in a real job, <laughs> um, uh, I'll be able to, 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 to make some of these uh, road trips that Scott makes and, and, and gallivant across the country, too. <laughs> It's All a beautiful right. country. It's a lot to see. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if uh, if you get the chance to, we'll, uh, we'll be out there looking for you. Awesome. 
Matt Curley, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck, like I said, in Des Moines with the Buccaneers and, of course, with the Five Nations because that's a big time too. And uh, send a few players down uh, Arizona State, Colorado <laughs> College, Denver, Air Force. Send a few players this way too when you get a chance, okay? I think we might have a, a, a few, uh, both in that Five Nations team and, and Des Moines. So uh, I'll be in contact with those guys, I'm sure. So, I like it. I like thanks, it. Thanks, Coach. All right, Matt. Have a great night. Thanks again for kicking off our NHL week because uh, it's a great experience, and uh, we know that you know all about the NHL draft. So thank you so much. Great stuff, guys. I appreciate it. All the best. Thank you. you all right, folks. That's Matt Curley, the head coach of the Des Moines Buccaneers, joining us tonight on our first night of our six of seven special podcast leading up to the uh, leading up and past the NHL uh, amateur draft and expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Paul and I will be back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan, or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. You're listening to College Hockey Southwest Live. All right. Welcome back in, folks, to College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Paul, you know the drill. Every time we have a guest, i got to get your feedback. So let us know uh, what you took away from our conversation with the head coach from the Des Buccaneers, Matt Curley. Well, he's got a busy summer going on, that is for sure. That was it? Well, I got to start somewhere, <laughs> right? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I took away. Well, you know, because, I mean, it, it, it's also, um, you know, familiarity also helps because, uh, you know, we get to talk to somebody for a second or a third time. Um, it's a little more comfortable and and a little bit more relaxed. And, and the coach was great. And like I said, considering that everything he, he has – going on right now um i i know what it's like to pack up those boxes and 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 have to move um i'm actually you know i mean uh, very sympathetic and very empathetic and and you know it's a, a great spot by the coach and uh des moines uh picked a darn good guy that's for sure 100 percent agree with everything you said and i will add to that by saying um, this is a guy that's got it all together. Uh, cause I called him shortly after he got this job and, 
And he was straight up front with me. He said, hey, you know, I'd love to come on, but uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of busy things. And, um, and then when I texted him to, uh, yesterday or today, today, I guess, and I said, uh, any chance we can get you tonight? He said, absolutely. Um, just tell me what time and I'll be there. And uh, when you talk about having everything together, imagine, Paul, switching complete complete jobs. I mean, it's still hockey, but you're going from representing a university to representing a community like Des Moines, who they live and breathe Buccaneers hockey there. So to make a complete flip like that and have to do it so quickly um, and, and do it with so much grace and confidence, not to mention his duties with USA hockey and all of that. So um, man, oh man, what a class act and, and uh, congratulations to Matt Curley for, for the job opportunity because I know he's going to be a huge success in Des Moines and uh, I know it was sad for him to leave Alaska Anchorage and I know he's going to wish them the very best to get back on their feet and get a good program rolling again up there. Well, that's what we're hoping for too. Um, you know, um, I, I try to uh, not badger those guys up there and see how the program's doing and, and you know, it definitely is uh you know a tough decision to make especially you know you're you're kind of settled and he went through the whole pandemic and 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 trying to 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 do the things that he had to do up there uh to help save the program um you know there's you know they didn't have to keep him on up in anchorage they didn't have to no absolutely Absolutely, and I applaud that. Applaud that kind of loyalty, and 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 and. But you know, he's got what he said nine and seven years old. Yeah, and he's, he's only got thirty-eight a, himself, so he's a young man. Well, yeah, especially compared to you and I. But um, <laughs> you know, he's got to look out, and nobody, nobody is going to say, "Hey, you did the wrong thing." No, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Um, uh, good for him. It 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 just gives us somebody else to root for at this and, upcoming season. And how? And and as our connection continues to grow in the USHL, it gets more and more exciting. Uh, I'll tell you a quick a quick funny story. Um, when I said we were having Matt Curley on, when I told my son, I said we're having Matt Curley on. He goes, Oh no, Iowa hasn't become part of the Southwest, has it? <laughs> 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 what's he trying to say uh, he thinks i'm crazy but most people do well so, that's uh, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. okay anything else on the college hockey scene that you need to get in before we say goodnight? well just a couple of quick notes um uh jordan mcalpine's buddy uh up there at uh uno mike kemp uh is at least the interim athletic director uh for the for the school um, I saw they're, that. They're, they're, uh, Trev Alberts, who was the athletic director, uh, moved on to his alma mater over there in uh, Lincoln uh, to become their athletic director at the University of Nebraska. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, things like, you know, it's it's it hasn't it, it might be quiet on the game front, but it's not quiet off the ice in terms of 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 you know people moving and 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 people getting jobs as administrators and things of that nature. So, but that was the big one for the week. Uh, another big one: Robert Morris making some moves to reinstate. Well, well yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be uh, an listen, independent uh, uh, listen, schedule. I would guess. Wait, wait. But how are they going to get a schedule? They'll be looking for uh, LIU. They'll be looking for um, uh, Lindenwood. They'll be looking for anybody that they can Lindenwood? get. Lindenwood? Yeah. You Aren't they ACHA? <laughs> I love it. You're going to leave it hanging right on that note because I'm not touching it. Uh, listen, I'm just, I'm just, you know, ASU's playing them. It's an exhibition. Why do you suppose they're playing Air Force exhibition? Why do you suppose that's happening, Paul? 
I don't know. They want to the listen. They want to. They want to test themselves. What move? I ain't heard nothing about no move. Ah, <laughs> uh, they're, right, they're right up it. there with anything Illinois else, and Navy. Anything else after I steered it way off track? Behind the masks, college hockey Southwest live on the Ice Time Hockey SW network. Brought to you by Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed. Six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behind the mask.com. Jesse Ray's barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style, not only at 5611 South Mandalay Bay, uh, South Mandalay, uh, <laughs> Valley View Boulevard, Valley View yeah. Boulevard, Valley View Boulevard. Um, also check them out at Allegiant stadium. Uh, for any events that are going on in there. Uh, good job and way to go, Mike. Uh, by the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. By Boost Mobile. Bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey. Fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask. And all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live. And all of our weekly podcasts are part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And as I say, uh, we have four weekly shows all the time. This week, we got two more Thursday and Saturday night as we talk NHL expansion draft, NHL amateur draft. And uh, we will be with you to bring it all to you all this week. Uh, you can tune in live to our broadcast on the uh, Podbean app. Just search ITHSW podcast, all one word, and join us live. Or you can listen to any of our shows downloaded anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, we will bring all the hockey news to you from college and professional ranks, certainly in the Southwest. And now, Paul, it seems to be expanding everywhere because we're making more and more connections everywhere. So, well, apparently, Iowa is now in the Southwest, right? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On, right? Yeah. It is it is on my map. It is on my map, apparently. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I'm just asking. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I, I well, and apparently I'm not the only one. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, my friend. Have good a good night. night, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, join us again tomorrow night uh, for another Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. And Paul and I, of course, on Tuesday night, for College Hockey Southwest Weekly and Stephen and I on Wednesday night and, of course, Thursday and Saturday, the two special shows where you got to put up with Rob, Paul, and myself along with our special guest, Tom Callahan. Good night, everybody. Good night.